Welcome to PPM Simplifies. This is a weekly podcast that will help you have a better understanding on environmental regulations and how they relate to your industry. In each episode, we'll talk with experts across various industries who will share their insights with you. This is PPM Simplifies. Today, we have another remarkable guest. We have Mr. Isaac Smith, our district manager of our Mobile, Alabama office. Isaac is an incredible environmental professional, an absolute uh, wonder can mind. You're going to really enjoy the chat. We've got a great topic. Today, we're going to talk about stack testing, and we couldn't have anyone better to have the conversation with than Isaac. Uh, Isaac is just a wealth of knowledge across many, many different media, many different types of environmental compliance topics. Isaac, thanks for taking time today to visit with us about stack testing. How are you? I'm doing well, Todd. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. Man, this is going this is going to be exciting. I'm just just thrilled to death for this one. So here we go. Let's just launch into it. To our listening audience out there, could you share just a quick overview of, of stack testing? So my experience with this topic goes back almost 20 years. Uh, I actually managed an emissions testing firm and was there, spent like 13 years there. So I've got a pretty pretty good in-depth knowledge and well-rounded uh, on the topic. Uh, stack testing comes in many forms, uh, anything from your performance or compliance demonstrations, which most people are familiar with. Uh, the frequency of those can can vary for a number of different factors. And then they also have something that most people refer to as investigative or uh, or engineering testing. Uh, and that also comes in many forms. So both of which have their strong suits in there and different drivers. And, you know, we can go through a little bit of those as well. Yeah, that's kind of the, the basics. There's obviously it's, it's a great tool to shore up what you need to permit or how your permit's operating and really more of how your facility is operating. But what, what drives differences in, say, test requirements for a particular source or facility or from one permit to, to, to another? Are there some, some, some key things that drive that? Uh, sure are. Uh, so, you know, there, there are many different factors that influence the frequency or the requirements for individual sources, facilities. They can range anything from the the state at which you're located. Uh, different states have different requirements uh, for for various facilities, depending upon the applicable regulations. Uh, it can depend on when the source is actually built. You could be grandfathered in under some more uh, uh, relaxed rules, or new facilities are subject to the, to more stringent, more frequent test requirements. Once again, the type of source from uh, from an emission standpoint, if you're at a major source uh, of HAPs, uh, hazardous air pollutants, or subject to some very source-specific regulations, you can have test frequencies, you know, on an annual basis. And then even things like your previous compliance record, you know, facilities that have historical issues sometimes are asked to test on a more frequent basis, maybe even quarterly or monthly, some type of uh, enhanced periodic monitoring to demonstrate compliance. So a lot of different factors involved, and uh, and those can be both, you know, geographic location specific or source category specific. And, and so, you know, it, it's obviously a, a very big topic, and there's, you know, we're thinking about that you might look at your mission points and doing stack testing as your, you know, 
developing the permit. And I guess on that side, Isaac, would it be fair to say that what happens there is it's more conceptual in theory to where you're looking at your components and you're looking at your manufacturer specs to try to estimate what your emissions might be. Uh, you get your permit approved, you build the facility, and then the stack testing helps verify what you what you what what you forecast to occur. Uh, yeah, uh, for the most part. So yeah, there's like we said before, there's different types of tests, uh, both like an engineering or investigative testing, uh, or the compliance demonstration. the The engineering or investigative testing could be done maybe ahead of an expansion, uh, you could do some testing to see if the device, control device that you currently have is going to be capable of supporting maybe additional flow rate or additional expansion of the facility, you know, receiving uh, uh, other streams or uh, higher concentrations. You could also be uh, maybe looking into making some modifications maybe to some raw materials to the type of fuel you're using things of that nature and you want to see kind of what those results are going to be and what those impacts so you can actually work with the state agency to do these short um short runs or batches to kind of see where where the emissions are going to be impacted uh from a compliance demonstration standpoint you know you're the facility is built according to certain uh, throughput, flow rates, and then emissions expectations, and the compliance demonstrations are, are just that. They're to demonstrate you are below certain regulatory limits. So, you know, with all those results, they can be used for various purposes. You know, they can be used for modeling. They can be used for, you know, air emissions reporting, you know, your annual emissions inventory fees, compliance demonstrations, you know, like I said, expansions so the results can live on forever and uh, in a multitude of different areas so it's very very important to uh, to, to have a kind of an in-depth plan when you go to stack test and really understand what you're trying to achieve before you generate some data that that may not be uh, indicative of uh, you know of what you're looking for so there, there are a lot of forces at play and i'm just kind of thinking this through, which sometimes might get me in trouble, but the value of it would be like you're saying, you know, you're trying to, yeah, I guess, investigate what, what the true admissions are, what the, what the, what the true factors are. Uh, are you in compliance uh, with the permit or you want to make a tweak to the process and you're curious of how making this tweak might change your admission. When you're doing stack testing, Isaac, do you ever see it in the field, in your experience, to where what you expected is wildly different from what, what actually is being admitted? Yeah, absolutely. So th there's, you know, as in many other aspects of uh, industry compliance, there's some, you know, unintended consequences. You could maybe overwhelm the control device. Uh, maybe somebody has lost sight of what the control device was actually designed for. Uh, and they're and they're doing an expansion or you know using a different like I said input stream raw material something that has maybe something's more emissive than than what they thought or the process itself has been modified you know incrementally over time where each each year or each batch or whatever is not that much different from the last but over a you know 10 year or 20 year time frame you end up in a scenario where you've just got this is somewhat like a scope creep, you know, where at the end, 
of this uh, of this period, you're drastically different than you were before. And maybe that was, you know, unintended, but nevertheless, the emissions either are not indicative of what the, the source was designed for and, you know, therefore even may not even be in compliance anymore. So you can also have situations where uh, recently we had this with a with an this is a real world situation. There was a modification of facility and they designed some of the control devices uh, accordingly. Uh, late stage, there were some other modifications where they actually removed some components here and there and actually reduced the capacity of the unit. And when we tried to do the initial compliance demonstration, they had not modified some of the ductwork and everything going to the control device. And th there was literally not enough velocity to even measure, you know, measure some of the, com uh, the, the flow rate. So they had kind of downsized the production unit, but hadn't downsized everything else accordingly. So you end up in a situation where uh, it's impossible to actually measure the certain parameters where you can, you know, demonstrate compliance. So it, you can have it where the emissions are more than you thought they were going to be or, you know, below detection limit necessarily from even a, a flow perspective. So I know that's getting a little technical, but it never ceases to amaze me what you can find in the field in real world scenarios. So, um, yeah, it every day is a new day out there. Well, it certainly can be. And Isaac, in your mind, as you prepare for having some stat testing done, be it the investigative piece or the compliance performance testing, how do you how do you think about those? How do you prepare for those? Are there any things you could share to to help give our audience a little keys to to preparing? I need to do a stack test. What do I need to make sure is is, is prepped at the site? Sure. So assuming the test firm you're using is familiar with the with the source and that you have a you know relationship with them, I mean that's probably uh, one of the, the the main components. You know. You may have the same test firm, but the people who come to the site uh, may be different one year or the next. So just making sure there's some continuity and uh, uh, that's always an important uh, piece. Uh, compliance testing in many, many times is more straightforward than engineering or investigative testing. Uh, it's, it's something that's repeated. You're going to uh, operate the unit at a, at a certain rate. Uh, so it's, it's a lot, a lot of times it's more straightforward, the more complex pieces and, and, and planning really comes from some of the in engineering or investigative, because you're usually doing that for a specific purpose or looking for or a certain outcome. Uh, it's more of an unknown situation. Uh, you really need to think and talk with uh, the stack testers and get the operations people involved. Sometimes the facility is having, you know, operational issues or constraints, which are going to affect the outcome of the stack test. So if you don't conduct the test under the certain operational scenarios, you're not going to get the desired test results either or test results that are not indicative of the situation that you're trying to, you know, design or plan around. So there, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, many times, like I said, the environmental department may work with the stack testers, but leave out operations and the operations folks are a key component to, uh, to any of these test plans. You know, thinking about the landscape and, you know, climate change has become such a part of our conversation over the last couple of decades, emission standards change, they're lowered, 
more entities are being looked at for admissions, you know, what they admit. Uh, I think about what's happened in, in, on oil and gas over the last dozen years. As that happens, you have a, a group or a, a certain type of a facility in a sector that has not had to think about admissions so, so much. And now all of a sudden the regulations change and they're in the crosshairs. Stack testing is a really important tool for them, isn't it? Uh, yeah, de- definitely is. The ESG and the climate change and the greenhouse gases, you know, some of those, some of those gases and some of the focus uh, is on pollutants or constituents, which, which haven't historically been, been thought of as pollutants, you know, carbon dioxide, methane, various uh, ni- uh, nitrogen oxides. Uh, you know, 25, 30 years ago, you didn't even calculate those values really. And now uh, you may not have a permit limit on it, but you're doing some, uh, uh, like I said, ESG reporting. And there's, there can be just as much focus on those parameters as there are on some of your other, you know, criteria or national ambient air quality standards. So uh, once again, it's it's definitely a heightened sense of awareness on on anything to do with emissions these days. Uh, you know, EPA has taken a much more stringent approach with some of their monitoring, you know, using various vehicles to monitor outside the fence line. So regardless of if your testing frequency has been increased or anything, the EPA may be monitoring your facility using, uh, you know, additional resources uh, outside the facility so they can they can determine maybe if you're having some you know some issues with your with your emission points um, b- before you're even aware of it man it, it, I mean again so much to to think through and unpack and, and as promised Isaac this has been an absolute amazing conversation thank you for taking time to get, give, give our audience out there some basics on stack testing any final thoughts as we wrap up our podcast uh, I would just say that, you know, anytime you're looking to do something maybe out of the ordinary or uh, or planning for an expansion or going to use the data for various reasons, uh, you may want to, uh, you know, consult someone with a, with a lot of experience that both from compliance and a permitting uh, background. And there's also uh, situations where you may even look to do some of this work through attorney-client privilege uh, because of the type of data you're going to generate. So, uh, PPM has experience with all that, and we can definitely uh, provide support or thoughts uh, before you get too far down your uh, planning path. Man, absolutely. And as we always say, uh, if you'd like to discuss the topic or have any questions, you can easily reach out to Isaac or myself via our website, uh, www.ppmco.com. There's a contact us section. You can hit that and come right to us, and we'll get right back to you. We promise. Isaac, thanks again, man. This has been fantastic. We really appreciate you making time. Anytime, man. I appreciate the opportunity, Todd. Absolutely. So, uh, hey, thank you for joining us for today's podcast. This is PPM Simplifies. Thank you for finding our podcast. For more information, be sure to visit our website at ppmco.com. To stay updated on new episodes, feel free to subscribe to PPM Simplifies on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, this is PPM Simplifies.